0: Okay. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Hi everyone. It's nice to see all of your faces. Um so the idea here is uh that we're just going to have a conversation. Um I've I've gathered you um having having done some interviews with me in the past. Um it's been 2 3 years for some of you. And what I really wanted to do is just uh get you all together uh from different backgrounds and um I want to um, just have a have a discussion about you know how things have changed in the past few years for you and in general, and um, I, it's really about uh, talking between yourselves. I don't want to have too much part in it. Um, mm-hmm. But first, let's uh, just go around and introduce yourselves and your uh, your current age for uh, for everyone watching. Uh, let's start with uh, Itai.
1: Hi,
0: uh, like you said, I'm
1: Itai. Um, I'm 20. Um, anything else that I should mention? Or...
0: Yeah, uh, where you're from, maybe?
1: I'm from Israel, specifically
0: from a city south of uh Tel Aviv called Gadara. All right, thank you, Itai. Uh, Yaniv, you want to go?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, hi, my name is Yaniv. I'm 14 years old from Petah Tikva, Israel. Okay.
0: All right.
3: Uh, Marcel? My name is Marcel. Um, I'm currently in Versheva because I'm in university, but uh, I am a Palestinian Arab, Arab Israeli, if you want to call that that way. I, I identify myself as Palestinian. Um, I'm from uh, a small city called Kfar Qasem, which is close to Beit HaTikva, inside Israel. Uh, yeah.
4: Great. Uh, Liran?
5: Hey, I'm Liran. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm 20. I'm uh, originally from uh, Jerusalem.
0: Awesome. Uh, Amir, we're just going around and uh, saying our uh, names and where you're from and your age. If you want to go ahead. Sure. Um, hello,
6: my name is Amir, of course, as you heard. I'm, I'm living in Petah Tikva, which is a city uh,
0: very close to Tel Aviv and I'm 15 years old. Awesome. Well, it's really nice to see all of you again. Um, I, I remember a lot of um, of our interviews, um, Lira and I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but you you were the only interviewee out of like 30 that I've had that, that spoke for over an hour because you had so much to say. Um, so that was really fun. And uh, and all of you are just so incredibly well spoken. So I just um, would like to get us started on some um, conversation. Um, we've all of us have talked um, about two, three years ago. Um, and I'd love to just hear you know, what what has changed and what in your opinions, um, how have your opinions changed on um, on the conflict and on your part in it. If anyone wants to start, feel free
4: can I? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. So,
1: for the I don't know if I understood this right, but for the first part of what has changed outside of my opinion, I think the unfortunate answer is not much. Um, the uh, a part of the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Uh, maybe the part that makes it so, um, I guess, annoying, terrible, frustrating, is that it doesn't seem to change to a large extent, um, from at least the way that I see it. Uh, And while I can't exactly uh, remember what it is that I said,
4: like, word for word during our interview, Um, I think that talking to
1: over these past few years, I've made some efforts to speak to people, both Israeli and Palestinian on the, um,
4: on the topic. Um, and weirdly,
1: I don't, this isn't probably, this probably isn't the right word. But weirdly, I have gotten more hopeful, despite the fact that sort of contradicts what I just said. That I don't feel like much has
4: changed. Um, I mean, I was always hopeful to a certain extent, um,
1: but as my understanding of you know, the history of the conflict and the history
4: of humanity in general grows, i think i've slowly come to the conclusion that things um painfully slowly things improve
0: yeah that's that's beautiful to hear um i think that's i think that's true with a lot of us you know there's when you grow up there's a certain reality that sets in but that doesn't mean you can't be hopeful um and do your part Yanni, if you were the youngest interviewee I ever had, Um, I think you had just turned 13 when we talked. Uh, So just barely fitting in the definition of a, of a teenager. Um, Tell me a little bit about how things have changed from your perspective, um, where you were, you were once just, you know, learning about the world around you and now it's been two two years and tell me about that.
2: So a lot has changed since then, but in the conflict, as I said, it got painfully slow, but uh, really it is kind of improving and in a good way. And I'm really happy about it. And for me personally, I always heard the Israeli side because that's what I'm hearing on the news and that was what um, I'm hearing on the streets and my school. So uh last year, I flew with um four more kids that um, considered itself as um, Arab, Palestinian, um, however they would call it, and um, and four more friends that considered itself as Israelis and Jewish. And we flew to Cyprus to do a conference. and I lived with them and we spoke about the conflict and you see how it's we have differences we don't believe in the same exact thing but we were able to communicate uh one with each other and we all were like 15 to um 12 even and it was very nice to see that um everybody is still human and you can still connect and you can still talk to people and not everything is that bad as it shows in the news. Um, i learned to know more people. Uh, I flew most recently to Dubai and um, looked more about the Arab world and how the whole thing this whole thing works and what did they believe in and trying to maybe look and see maybe there is is there something we can compromise and there's something that um they can compromise and we can find the middle ground sadly we did de- i couldn't find it and it will take some time to find it but uh Looking at um, those past experience, yeah, we're going, I think, in the right direction.
4: That's awesome
0: to hear. Um, Liran, <clears throat> you, uh, when we spoke, you told me about um, this string of incidents you had uh, where you kind of came in, into contact with the conflict. Do you remember? Um, so tell me a little bit about Maybe. how, uh, how that's impacted you over your life and how your experience, I believe in a lot, um, you know, it's been a few years since, since we talked and, you know, if you want to remind everyone a little bit about what happened, if you want to talk about that and explain, uh, tell me a little bit more about how that's impacted you.
5: I mean, they say time ages you, and I think, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very accurate to say that specifically now because with time you understand as you said in in the beginning that there is a sort of reality that sets in that some you know you you become more of an adult and you see more of the outside world and you start to understand things that you may have not understood when you were 14 16 18 whatever um i look at my my instances where i came into contact with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as uh, memories, you could say. I don't take them as much of a grudge at all. Um, whether it was, yeah, it, was un, it wasn't great when a rocket falls a uh, few meters away from your balcony. It's not fun, but uh, I just think, I, I look at them as memories, as part of this ongoing conflict, which, which uh, Ita and have correctly said has never ended. Um, I would like to ask, though, how they see the conflict has improved, because I have a rather different opinion on, uh, on the whole situation.
0: All right. Um, let's see. Um, Yaniv, do you want to say something?
2: Go ahead. No, I, I can try and answer Luron's question. Uh I see it as improved as the fact that I can go that I can fly with somebody or I can go and talk to somebody and we actually can communicate and try and talk about this topic without being it, first of all, taboo. Again, of all, um, being something so um important and everybody has so strong imp- opinions about it. And the fact that I can sit down with somebody and talk
4: to them about it and hear what they're hearing. One second. I'm really sorry. One second.
0: No worries. Um. Let's. Uh. We'll. We'll finish that thought in a second. Um. Let's go to um, Marcel. Marcel, when we talked, you were um eighteen, I think, and you're now what twenty?
3: In uh I'm gonna be twenty-one in a month. You're gonna be so. two- oh, you're I'm ready. in my third yeah. year of university. I'm gonna finish soon. So
0: um okay, so tell me about. a little bit tell me a little bit about that. How has your experience been at university uh, as an as an Arab Israeli? Um tell us a little bit about Palestinian, that. Palestinian, Palestinian. Arab Palestinian
3: um it, it's funny because when you i i i, I think i am the oldest one between all of you probably is anyone here uh, yeah so it's it's i i grew up all of my Jewish friends all of the people that i hold near and dear to my heart that i've met all in 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 all of my years doing these types of uh, peace talks and uh, conflict and resolution and uh, that all of these friends I, I am still very close to and uh, I found out in university that, that uh, as much as we talk about peace in a very beautiful way uh, when we we see the world so colorfully when we talk to each other it, 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 it's much more black and white than anybody can imagine especially since I even using the label Palestinian in university, I study in Ben-Gur- Ben-Gurion University, and if, if I identify myself as Palestinian, people get so offended and, and so conflicted or scared, which I, which wasn't something that talking about peace has prepared me for, because I had to explain to people Especially in university that it's not a label to be used and associated with terrorism. it's It's a much more uh, rooted thing. and it shouldn't be something that uh, should defend you. It's like, for example, someone says that uh, at least on on, on the on, on the ancestry level of things, if you identify yourself as Russian and you came from Russia, your family members came from Russia and you came to Israel and you identify yourself as Israeli, your ancestors are still Russian. The same way that I say that my ancestors are Palestinian. So even on that level, that shouldn't be too much complicated. People are having a problem understanding that reality. I'm not even talking about the reality of nationality or the existence of Palestinian people, like let's say Jordanian or Egyptian or Lebanese. Or all of these different different types of Arabs. At the end of the day, I I, I had a very hard hit, especially with the Jewish side, uh, with this label. And um, the, the, a lot of events happened in university, especially when it comes to targeting. Especially when it comes to, uh, we had uh, we had the protests uh, one year ago where five people got brutally arrested and, and punched and it happened outside outside, outside of my dormitories, which not, not even considering on a even at a political level or uh, like position wise, it's still gonna on, on, a, on a basic level, it's, it's still gonna traumatize you, which makes it very hard to be optimistic about the conflict if it's a conflict. Um, my friends are still my friends. I still love them. I still meet with them. I still talk to them about it. It kind of feels like uh, we, we, we when we talked about the conflict or anything involving the relationships between the Arabic and the Jewish community, it's, it's it feels like we have our own utopia where we love to talk about how beautiful and perfect we can be together. But at the end of the day, uh, every, I started speaking Hebrew. Everybody goes back to their houses and uh, turn on the news and get angry and, and all of that uh, starts to deteriorate and make you forget about the peace. Which is something that uh, it's very hard
7: to deal with.
0: Yeah. Especially
7: on a daily basis.
0: How has your experience been overall uh, disregarding the conflict in, in university? Have you, have you enjoyed your studies? Well, uh, I, I study psychology, so it's not something that... Uh,
3: like I, I do courses that involve talking about the conflict. Uh, I'm participating right now in a course that's... Uh, we have 10 Arabs and 10 Jewish people who speak between them about the conflict. And the uh, overall experience is that in my own sector, people seem to be more understanding out of the nature of us studying psychology. But outside of that, all of the other people who are coming from different sectors, they, as I said, they, they have a problem with even the label Palestinian.
7: Mm.
3: And uh, we had, uh, all of you probably heard, I don't know if uh, Maxwell heard about this, but uh, last time we had any Nakba uh, memorial day we, we, we usually when Nakba comes which is the around the, the time where the, the Israeli Independence Day happens, we have a memorial day to kind of re- remember the catastrophe and we had this happen in a university and uh, this has caused many problems around Israel because uh, for the first time in a, in a, in a Israeli university People are remembering the catastrophe, which represents a lot of things for the Israeli people. And uh, that caused a lot of problems. And um, it, it certainly made my experience as someone who believes in peace very unforgiving, I would say.
5: <clears throat> Actually, on some degree, we tend to agree with Marcel, which is why I also uh, said that I don't view. I don't think that uh, the conflict has moved anywhere to any semblance of uh, of, of a better place, because it, I I fully agree with the fact that whenever you know we talk about peace and we talk through these rose-colored glasses of oh, one day and uh, one day there's be peace and we can uh, happily live together. at The end of the day, everyone goes back to their home, as he said, and looks at the news and talks with their parents and they have a completely different opinion than what they they may be even presenting to the outside world. Everyone has their own hidden agenda. And I think that it's 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 just become part of this like this parallel world we're living in. We just do everything and we, we just know it's in the background. This Palestinian, the Israeli Palestinian conflict is it's in the background and it's awful that it's in the background because you know it's it should be top of the news and it should be something that you know the government is actively trying to fix. But considering that the government's hardly able to win elections for the last three years. Um, I don't see it take, getting any mainstream attention. It's just that it's just not moving anywhere in my eyes. In, in some regards, it's even taken a few steps back than what it used to be. These days, uh, things, gets, things especially in the political sphere are so, are so much more emotionally charged um, I look at the U.S. and I think, holy, everything there seems like every topic, every political statement seems like a mind that needs to be uh, that needs to be neutralized. You can't talk about anything, and I fear that it's it'll come here that you know the same thing will be in Israel. That everything we talk about is political, and I think that this conflict is just kind of lived parallel to what we do on the everyday. And it's sad, but it's true. it's a very it's a much more black and white picture, as Marcel said. It's not so colorful and it's not so hopeful or or good looking in my eyes.
3: It's also very hard to hold the position of someone who believes in peace because it's it's you're this you're considered uh, at least like in my in my case uh, like uh, a lot of people have have told me that I'm, I'm romanticizing the conflict and that i'm uh, at the same time, I'm I'm kind of uh, too optimistic or too naive because I'm not looking at the picture in, a, in a, as you said, the rose-colored glasses. It's also like when you try to argue with people, like, listen, at least like, uh, people don't recognize that I'm Arab from the first time that people speak to me. People think that I'm French because of my name. Usually when I talk to them, it's like, these fucking Arabs, man. I'm sorry that I cursed, but these Arabs. Like they 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 do this and that and that. It's like, have you ever tried to talk to an Arab, or have you ever tried to do this and that and that? I'm like, no no no, I don't I don't like to there. I don't want to get involved. And then when I tell them, uh, well, you know I'm Arab. What do you think about that? You've been having this conversation with me for the past half hour, an hour, and what do you think about that? It's like, you're not Arab.
6: <laughs> you're not Arab. <laughs> I highly agree with you. Especially when you think you start thinking about the world peace in this conflict. Like what is peace in this conflict? Keeping the situation much more calmer, much more calm, or making like, you know, a two state or one state, like it's very difficult to um to do peace, basically.
3: I, I think I don't think even think that there's a place to talk about the two state or yeah or one state solution at this point because the. Uh, People are people, are, you can't force people to say if to, to sit on the table and, and reach a solution if they're not even willing to approach the table.
6: yeah, like someone that um agrees with peace and um, and want to talk about peace, he doesn't know what is peace in this conflict, he doesn't have any ideas or sort of oh, uh, real solutions for both sides.
5: Yeah, I think we all have. <clears throat> Our, what our idea of peace is, I'm pretty sure everyone has some sort of what they think peace would look like, or potential solutions, you've laid out a few, right? Two-state solution, one-state solution, whatever. I just think that, and this is particularly alarming for me, in my eyes, uh, being more moderate, is that there's like, the, you look at these, you look at the politi- political trend, right? The The Israeli political trend, you look at who's getting all the, all the votes. And you look, and you see this alarming uh, amount of votes that uh, uh, Ben Gver and all these, you know, and on the, on the, on the far right wing parties are getting. And I don't think it's because people necessarily agree with him. I think, I think he holds very, very extreme stances. And I just don't think people are voting for him because they agree with him. But it's because of this anger and I think this anger, if it's placed into the incorrect direction, is very, very, very destructive. And, you know, I think that all, you see all these uh, kids in Jerusalem running around after Arabs. I saw this bizarre new, uh, news piece where there are Jewish kids running around, 18-year-old, 19-year-olds, running around the Jerusalem streets looking for Arabs to beat up. That's nuts in my eyes. Like, who, who, what are you? You're not even that, like, that, if you're at that state, how can we talk about peace? Who, like, how do I approach you about peace? And when I say Arab, you, you will beat me up because I, I, I mentioned that the other side exists as people. So I just think that, especially the youth, is getting so tired of this and they're moving into far more extreme positions, and it's incredibly alarming and destructive. And uh, I do not want, if this trend continues, I am very, very skeptical and scared to see where this country heads in the next 20 years. The
4: thing I, is... I, they, yeah, go sorry, go.
2: Yeah, um, the thing is, I wanted to ask here, do you think that, I'm not saying which solution, do you think that a solution can fit both both sides? Exactly because I don't think that um any solution would fit exactly um for everybody, and that's one thing for sure. But um, if we're trying to do, what do you think about that? Because it's a very very controversial thing about the solutions. Um, and then, as Diran said, everybody here has their own um solution in mind, but and the overall, it will not um, work for one side or another.
5: I think no solution is perfect for both sides. In the history of time, not only about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, if you look at any conflict throughout history, whether it's territorial disputes or whatever, there hasn't been a single solution that's perfect for both sides. For the simple reason that if a solution is perfect for the Israelis, then it's trash for the Palestinians, right? You ask many Israelis, what's the perfect solution it is, all right, I have a, a God will bring me a button to delete all Arabs. That's my solution. And that's a, that's a non-solution, you know, that's maybe a good solution for some Israelis. It's not a good solution for the Arabs. You look at, you know, some extremist Palestinians, you maybe ask, you know, the heads of Hamas, um, what their perfect solutions would be. And they would go, oh, I want the button to delete all the Jews. So there is no perfect solution for both sides. I think at the end of the day, when you talk about a solution, both sides have to understand, and I think that's the biggest issue, is that you have to compromise. In order to come to solution, in order to come to peace, you have to compromise on something. In Israel, it might be you know, compromising on land. For the Palestinians, they might be compromising on uh, on whether it's uh, one aspect of governance. You know, you have they have to back a unified government, right? You, we have a biggest issue in the Palestinian community where there are, you know, essentially two bodies. There's the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, which are governed by two completely different organizations. And they can't even come to a unification of, okay, who do they want the government to be? everyone has to come to some sort of compromise. And when we agree to talk about the the solution, we agree to hear out each other's compromises, only then can peace be even on the table. Only then can solution be even discussed. Until you're willing to compromise on something, you simply won't be able to come to a solution. That's a sad reality, but that's reality.
6: Yeah, like when you think about it, there isn't like the Palestinian side and the Israeli sides. There are, um, I forgot the name. Um there are um some, there are like Palestinian sides in the Palestinian sides, sides and the Israeli sides have their own sides on the on the solution. And like both sides are divided on their on, on their opinions, as the uh, said, I think. If you get what I mean. Just- I have to. I have a comment, and I have a
3: question to all of you, since all of you are uh, Jewish, <laughs> without being too offensive. Yeah, um, the, the or Israeli, because I don't know anything about the Israeli. I don't know. I haven't talked about the. I don't know the the reason why I say Jewish is because like the whole issue of right wing. A lot of, I, I see on the news and I see also on advertisements around Bersheva that there's a lot of uh, extreme orthodox mi- minorities that are uh, kind of used uh, part of the whole right wing sector where they're using the fear that a lot of people have in order to kind of make people stray away from the table of of discussing or talking. And uh, my question is, uh, I even forgot my comment. My question is, do you think that this, this is a very vocal minority or do you think that it's something that's uh, becoming more and more, uh, I guess, the norm when it comes to people who are from the right-wing sector? Do you think that people in the right-wing sector are, are really the way that they're portrayed on those advertisements and on the, on the news? Or is it just a vocal minority that's just very vocal?
4: Um, so, okay, so dance back. that, um, in my opinion, I think it's
1: really, I do think that it is the, the really extreme opinion, um, the button, as uh, I think Liron called it, uh, where one side wants to have the button that will make all the other the entire other side disappear views that are on that level i am almost completely sure that that is just a very 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 focal minority and the reason i am so sure of this is because of uh, i think something that has come to light over the past few years which is that people have finally begun understanding um the very uh, inflammatory nature of both social media and news outlets in general. What what we've seen is in the United States, as has been mentioned before, but also in I mean every other part of the world, is that the opinions that people believe um, the reason that people believe that extreme opinions are have such a large part of uh, uh, discussion is because they see those opinions mentioned in, uh, in the news or in social media, whichever one you want to look at. Uh, very, very, very rarely do people actually base their beliefs on, well, empirical like studies or polls that ask about uh, what what people's opinions are, right? If I go on social media, I see a bunch of people calling for the death of all Palestinians or of all Jews. um, And I see no one, or at least a very smaller portion, very, very adamantly fighting against that. I'm going to come to the conclusion that most people are for it. But I'm also not gonna realize that the people who are for it are more, well, they're more passionate about it than the people who are against it. Uh, they're more likely to bring put those views out. And when I said earlier that I think that things are getting better, I should have, um, I should have been more clear. Yes, I agree with you that when it comes to uh, uh, politics, directly politics, when you look at governments, policies that governments create, things definitely don't seem to be getting better in any um, obvious way. But I believe that politics are very downstream from culture, right? That is, uh, whatever you've seen in politics changes, but only after culture changes. And it is very affected by what culture, how culture changes. Um, and I think that as, you know, the younger generations grow, as, you know, always happens because time, um, what we have seen with younger generations, is people who are more aware of the manipulation that, um, Social media purposefully or accidentally causes just because of how it's built. News purposefully or accidentally causes just because of how it's built. We've seen that people are far, far, far more aware of it. And because of it, we've also seen people are far, far, far more willing to um, disregard the conclusions that they've, that they've come to, to, they've arrived at originally from social media or the news. And now that they know that maybe it's not exactly the best source of information um,
4: and have been more willing to, uh, to maybe, what would be the right word? I guess there is no specific right word for it, but to talk outside of those um, easy to access formats in, in ways that are a bit more difficult to
1: access. I just I know I've been talking for a long time, so I'm gonna I'll shut up in just a moment. But an example of this I think is in uh, Israel. There has been a, a a very large increase over the past decade or so in um, model United Nations conferences, which uh, very very frequently invite Palestinian students. And in those conferences, where you have nearly everybody there is like except the teachers, everybody there is a teenager. Um, you have these incredible discussions and these incredible interactions that wouldn't have happened otherwise, and between these two sides, and you you see that no, they definitely don't agree on everything, but they do talk and they do agree. Something that you do notice that they agree on is that the people who are extremists
4: are very 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 likely to be well, or not barely, or definitely wrong. Yeah, thank um, you. it's always-
0: Wait, just, just for one moment before we continue, um, Shai just got in here. Um, Shai, if you'd like to talk, uh, just say a little bit about yourself, your age and where you're from, and then then we'll continue. Sure, so
1: hi, uh, I'm Shai, I'm from Israel, I've been living here for the past three years, I'm originally from Brazil, and yeah, I'm currently working, wow, people are saying here, in the middle of my shift, I just came here to, you know, get to know you guys, so I apologize for the for the sound, and yeah, I'm currently working, actually, an international school that deals precisely with the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We have students from both the Arab and Jewish society here studying together, and our job here is to try to promote peace and study about each other's side. Very cool job, uh, job students here. They all live in the school. So basically, each room has a, both a Jew and an Arab student to live together and learn more about each other culture. And yeah, that's how my life usually works here.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. Um, feel free to jump in whenever uh, whenever you want to. Yeah, Niv and even Amir, I think you you both looked like you had something to say uh, in response to Itai. Go ahead. Either one of uh, you. I just like to go for it. Yeah.
6: I just like to add that um, those like highly ex- extreme um, left and right uh, parties, like for example, um, Smotrich or Benvir, they were like five years ago in the, in the government. And um, if I'm not wrong. And second of all, don't forget that in the Israeli system compared to the United States, um, minorities have, have a voice. Um, for example, like even the Arab parties, they were a vital um, uh, constru- construction part in the recent government, even if they didn't have a lot of uh, voices um, to be the government. And so compared to the um, Jewish um, uh, parties, right, um, right, um, right parties, they um, have a vital um, voice in the government, even. Even if, if they are small,
4: yeah, neve did you wanna add on? Don't that is correct.
6: Can you explain why?
4: I can't explain why yes uh,
3: Describing my my opinion usually about this Palestinian-Israeli conflict is because in in Israel there's a, there's a very big different uh, different approach towards people who who show any opinion that uh, that uh, says anything against the state of Israel and in, than any than in any other country they they approach the the people who describe these uh, anti-Zionist opinions. Uh, in in the, the in the name of uh, keeping the, the safety of the country intact so you have many palestinians who are describing their opinions on uh, on facebook and many people who are talking on twitter and, and many people who are de- trying to uncover uh, many of the the things that are happening happening in palestinian grounds and these people get silenced very easily i mean uh, there's uh, one of the biggest instagram pages i i have uh, Eye on Palestine, which is one of the main sources for people who are, in, are on Instagram observing the Arab-Israeli or Palestinian-Israeli conflict, they got shut down not long ago because of these types of uh, situations. And the only the only reason I think that you claim or you say that the Arab minorities in the Knesset have a voice is because they're describing their opinions in a way which which Israel Israel can uh, can be tolerant towards because they are part of the government. What about the people who are outside the government who are talking about being anti-Zionist, for example, or being anti-policy towards how Israel is handling this Arab-Palestinian-Israeli conflict? Now, I'm not saying that the Palestinian side itself is not doing anything. Like They also have a very big problem towards Palestinians who are Supporting uh, peace with Israel, like the PLO has a lot of uh, issues in that regard. But I don't expect, uh, as Liran said, a divided the uh, two two organizations that are working in in two different places, who are dr- dr- driven by by anger. And by uh, by by death and by uh, low quality of life, to be in, in any other way. Now, this brings me to my point that I wanted to talk about beforehand, which is uh, even before we can compromise about anything involving the, uh, the conflict, we have to be also tolerant of each other. I think that one of the main issues that people who, from both sides have towards this conflict is that they're not... The, have uh, less tolerance to 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 talk about the shared narrative that both sides are feeling because like, if you could talk to someone who's Palestinian, he's going to tell you a different story than someone who was on the Israeli side. And I think that uh, one of the main things that, that stuck with me during the peace talks and the MUN and everything is that no matter how you look at it, there's always going to be these two stories that's that are sitting side by side and they're moving forward with time. There's no one true story. And uh, being able to be tolerant towards hearing the other side is one of the main things that helps, first of all, make people less egotistical towards the conflict because you're actually listening to the side and you're also giving your opinion in a setting that is okay to talk about. And also, it helps with tolerance, tolerance towards Hearing someone who's angry at you, scream at you, of course, violence outside, putting the violence outside of the conversation. And uh, to be able to handle and to open your heart to hearing stories from how Palestinians live their own lives or how Israelis who are affected by this conflict live their own style uh, their own lives it's very important especially in in, at this time where one one tweet or one video or one post on instagram can can have a lot of influence and can change our perception even if it's correct or not
6: yeah i'm very sorry I i have a lot of things to add to what you said but i have to go um i i i i I agree that we that we, with you that um, I'll summarize it. I agree with you that um, uh, we should talk more with the Palestinian side and the Palestinian side should talk more with the Israeli side, but I don't think it will lead to a change. I think it will lead to um, I think it will maybe soft um, the conflict. maybe we won't think of, of each other as um, animals, but I don't think it will solve it. as we said before. Peace is, peace is not uh, there. Isn't any meaning for peaceful solution here because both both sides don't want to um, um, to compromise on the situation. Um, I'm not
3: saying that that will solve the conflict. I'm just saying that it will help. Well, I, I, listen, it, we're not in Eretz you know. We, we're not living side by side each other as Arabs and Jews together. We all live our own narratives, and at the end of the day, we we will not be able to solve our conflict at the the age of 15 or 16, or I think 20 or 30 or 40. We're individuals at the end of the day who decided to go outside our comfort zone and actually talk to the other side. And um, I think that our influence on the groups that sit outside our... Uh, because at the end of the day, I go back to university, I see Palestinians who are anti-Israeli, anti-everything, and I talk to them with my opinions that I, that I, that I hear from you, or my, your stories, and I share them. And that's how we influence. We network these stories to other people who might not even want to hear about them. And that's... that's um, it's not going to solve anything, but it, it's a start. We can start there, and we can see where it takes us.
4: i think uh i think the news sorry i i think that the news takes a lot a really
2: big part in it and almost everybody here said or mentioned um that uh you go back you see the news you hear what's happening and it's more about that people don't really know the other side that much. And I can say personally, I still think that I don't know exactly what's uh, what's everybody's opinion. And that's something very normal. But it can help people if we would change it to like... Uh, for more talks with um the Israeli and the Palestinian side together. Like, we're having one, like, here. But on a bigger note and in a bigger way, the whole idea of teenagers speaking about it is amazing. And uh, that's... It might not bring to a solution, as Melissa said. Um, it might not bring to a solution, but it will just it helps um to know and it's not it's not only about solving it it's about um letting people know what the other side feels and what the other side um thinks about
5: i think is really i think there's a lot of things that play a part of it in, in this whole situation one i think everyone agreed that social media um is a is a very very big part of it um to mention about what Marcel said about eye on palestine i you know i think it it was, it was an it was it was a source to bring um what everyone uh, to, to bring an eye on what happened in palestine but uh i actually there was one instance which sits in my head maybe it's an isolated instance and if it's so forgive me but i remember clearly there was a um a terror attack where a someone tried to stab someone in, near Damascus Gate, and there's a very, very famous video of this, uh, of, of security cam footage of this guy walking up and starting to stab this uh, Orthodox Jew, and then um, you know there's the Israeli military police which came and shot and shot uh, and shot that guy who's in my eyes a terrorist. I could be wrong. He's in my he came to kill someone in in broad daylight, but. What the video I saw in Eye of Palestine is just the shooting, It's just the military, Israeli military police shooting the the, the armed the armed uh, uh, the armed terrorist, and that kind of confused me, because on one end you want I want to see the other side, but I also want to see the full picture, you know if there's if, if you only show me the part of where the Israeli military police shot the guy. Well, obviously, that, that, that makes Israeli the Israeli side look awful because they just shot one guy. But if you don't show the fact that he just tried to stab someone, that whether you agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. It doesn't show you full context. And it leads you to form a, a very, very, very different opinion from what you would have if you had the full picture. I think to regard to Marcel's comments on the right-wing, left-wing thing, there is no right wing or left wing. I don't believe in that because the, le- the leftist opinion of the Israeli politics is the most conservative right wing opinion of Palestinian politics. I am sure that there is that everything that Meretz, for instance, says that we think is so outlandish and so crazy, the Palestinians look at it and go, you, these guys are so right wing. They don't believe in Palestine. What is this opinion? I am sure that this the scale of right wing left wing politics is it's it's only evident on the very extremes. I think there is an alarming rate of extremist right wing politics that is especially prevalent among youth. I think that the news and and the political parties are doing a very very bad job at approaching this conflict with some sort of semblance of peace. And, you know, you got ben- Benjamin Netanyahu going, yeah, we'll annex the territories. And uh, you, got, you, got, you have other guys going, yeah, we'll kick them out of here. And I'm thinking that's, they're, they're speaking like little children. You know, there's reality. These people are living here. We can't kick everyone out of their homes. You know, they live here. That, that's reality as much as it hurts, as much as, it, as much as you don't like that reality, that is reality. I consider myself as a, as a member of the right-wing sector. I do not know who to vote for because I feel like everyone, every party that considers themselves right-wing is gonna do something or some act that in my eyes is just in, stupid in, inherently. I don't know who to vote for. I feel like the extremist right parties. I disagree with them on almost everything. I am, an, I'm, I'm. I just, I will abstain. That's that's what that's how I see it. I don't support anyone in Israeli politics. I think all everyone's doing is such a terrible job at approaching anything. Not only the Israeli Palestinian conflict. I think that in order to approach it, in order to approach the table, I agree with with what Marcel said, that we have to tolerate each other. We have to at least understand each other's point of view whether it's the most flat way possible okay if i understand that the palestinian people want freedom and they understand that i want them to recognize israel as a state that's 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 the beginning but so far we haven't even been able to that to do that many palestinians will not accept the existence of israel and many israelis won't accept the Palestinians want for for a free for freedom now i think that's that's for me a bridge that's that hasn't been across that hasn't that has not that, that's that's collapsing but every minute especially as the time as time goes by and especially as people are getting more angry and flustered with the conflict we just grow away from each other and i think that's an issue and no matter what we say here at the end of the day i look at politics and i go well they aren't doing anything. They aren't. No one represents me in politics. There isn't a single party which is moderately a, in a, approaching anything with, um, because at the end of the day, polit- politics and news want headlines, and what headlines are are all the extreme stories, right? The, you know, this the the Palestinian came and shot someone or. An Israeli uh, came into a mosque and shot everyone. That's the headline stories. No one shows you the the underlying things, the, the the complexities. It's black and white, but it's a lot of there are a lot of complexities and there's a lot of nuance. And I think the lack of nuance in recent years, and I know I'm talking for so long, um, the lack of nuance is what it's what it's what's brought us here. The lack of like, the exceptions to recognize that there is nuance to this conflict and it's not just um, the Palestinians uh, want the Israelis to die and the Jews want the Palestinians to die. I think it's more complicated. I think it's more nuanced and many people just don't recognize that.
0: Um, I'd love to uh, switch gears for a little. I know. I think Shai will. Be had big. the comments. I had to say. I had a few comments to oh, say.
4: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let Sorry. him speak. Sorry. Let him speak. Yeah,
0: <laughs> speak. That's why Please. we're here. After that, we'll we'll talk about a new topic. I have something. Okay. In there. Go ahead.
3: Yes. So a few a few things. I have three points. First of all, the whole uh, you, you talked about the Palestinian uh, terrorist or the guy who. I suppose from I'm gonna take it from your for your word, it's terrorists to step the Orthodox jew and they, they only show showed how they acted towards him after that. and uh, they didn't include the full picture. and it's i I think the issue that uh, when we're talking about news specifically, Israeli news. It's it's, it's I, can, I can I can claim the same thing, and I can say the same thing about how Israelis sometimes frame a specific news topic to 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 undermine and 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 and, 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 and like show a specific image of how Israel is or Palestine is and that has happened in many cases i don't have any 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 in my mind but i remember being frustrated oh, like being frustrated about how they presented uh, what happened here in university and how much there was no coverage of of the fact that Arab students were harmed and arrested when the protests happened in Ben Gurion and the fact that one of the students wasn't even involved and they targeted him, racially targeted him and arrested him and took him to the, they they kind of tortured him, uh, took him to investigations and nobody reported on that. The only way we even knew that it happened is because the university, gave an official uh, statement that they stated it in. Um, So it it happens on both sides. I'm not only saying that it it doesn't happen on the Palestinian side. It happens on Israel's side. I agree. Especially when it involves Gaza coverage and West Bank coverage and all of that. So you are coming to a Palestinian source that frame the narrative in their own way and they you want them to to show you the full picture while at the same time Israel is not doing that. It's, it's, it's something that you should like, this is the problem and I'm, I'm kind of fast tracking the last point that I wanted to say, but I'll say the second point and after that I'll go to the last point. The second point is you said that there is no, you don't believe in right or left because uh, the leftist Israeli opinion is the rightist uh, opinion in Palestinian and in, in, uh, on the Palestinian side, and I, I think you should be you should understand that there's a big distinction betw- between the Palestinian West Bank Gaza politics. They have their own right and left wing. They have their own politics. They, it's not the same spectrum. On the Israeli side, Israel has their own left and right-wing politics, and the Arab Israelis or Palestinians of 48 have their own spectrum of politics from the left and right. It's that nuanced and, and and difficult to understand. As a like as a Palestinian who lives, who lives uh, inside the Israel, I I'm, I I will have a different life story and a different approach towards the conflict as someone from the West Bank. And it's because we live in these different circumstances and environments that enable these differences. So it's 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 the reason why uh, you you won't see any tolerant Palestinians is because their their right wing uh, opinions start from uh, dismantling Israel, for example. The same way that Israel has. Uh, uh, a Zionist approach that's saying it's the state of Israel and some some right-wing people will say that it includes uh, Judea, Samaria, and uh, Gaza, and the West Bank. Well, which, which, which kind of uh, shows me, allows me to go to my third point, which is uh, I think many Israelis at least even my jewish friends who are who are tolerant and they are leftist and they want peace many of them still have this uh, approach towards the conflict that israel is the center of what's happening here and then there's all of the other side um side side things that are around and when i say the center i mean like the way news outlets present themselves they they put israel israel in their main uh, main agenda, rightfully so, it's the state of Israel, it's the news in, in the state of Israel, so they're gonna put the, the news in that sense, and they ignore all of the side things that are happening in Israel, which when I say side, I mean, for example, if, 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 if someone from uh, in, the, in the news, for example, in the mainstream news, they will present more stories uh, and talk about how it's them versus us, You know, and them are the Arabs who are on the side, and it's us that are in the center. And they don't look at us in the same, they don't look at us in the same level. They kind of alienate a lot of Palestinians, especially the Arab Israelis inside Israel. That's why you have so many uh, advertisements about Ahmad Tibi and uh, Ayman Ode and and, uh, a lot of people saying that they're terrorists when they're people who are part of the Knesset. And you can say that so easily, but when it happens on the other side, people get very offended.
4: Um, I think like, uh, so. Yeah, it's it's it's.
3: In order for us to be able to t- kind of talk about it and on, a, on, a, on an equal level, we have to see each other, and we shouldn't recognize ourselves to. Shouldn't say that the Palestinians are animals that are living uh, on the other side, trying to terrorize Jewish people all the time. Same time, many Jewish people like you shouldn't look at Jewish people and say that it's uh, all of all Jews are bad and be anti-Semitic towards every single thing that involves the state of Israel. It's gonna be more complicated than
5: that. I think that's it. Just to quickly, just to quickly comment before Max, you take us to a different topic. <clears throat> very quick comment I, I i agree on essentially everything you said. i think that I agree with you that um that this framing of uh, news stories happens on both sides. I did not know about the you know the, the beating up of five of five uh of five students it does you know it does change what, how I see that that whole protest situation it changes it its I, I agree with you that it happens on both sides um, i I I understand that there's a very very different um, there are different scales of politics right in the Palestinian situation. There's you know the Gaza Strip and there's the West Bank and then there's the Israeli Arabs who identify them as Palestinians and there's the Israeli Arabs who identify them th- themselves as Israelis. So it's very very complicated, and I think that um, at the end of the day, if 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 the area where we where we solve this is
0: is the pub you know? Is
5: the public sphere, which is the news, the news is very ter- is terrible at everything they do. You know, they don't frame things properly. They deliberately shift the story. You know, you look at Israeli pol- Israeli media, and they'll shift the story one way. Not only in the Israeli Palestinian topic, on everything. You know, everyone has their own hidden agenda. You look at Al Jazeera; they do the same thing, just towards a different towards a different side. And I think that it it's it creates such a terror. It's such a hard. F- obstacle to clear because okay the coverage i'm getting is not is completely biased so how do i know who to believe well then i go to um to talk to people from that origin right i go talk to the palestinians i go talk to arabs but then maybe i'm talking with one arab who believes a completely different thing from another one i just think that because the media is in the center of all of this and i think that's that's the biggest point i'm trying to come across get across is that the media essentially is the center of the conflict it's not Israel or Palestine it's the media it's the headlines they can get it's the news coverage they can get you know the Gaza war all of a sudden everyone's talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict no,
3: but you said that for example you just said that am, I'm talking to an Arab who might have a different opinion from another Arab it's, it's all we're all people man all of us have different opinions no no, no. of course, of
5: course, no, no, of, of course. I'm, I'm just trying to get across the point that um, it's it's such a difficult situation to grasp the the other side when the whole you could say the the right you know the the blanketing what blankets this whole conflict which is the media and the Israeli politics makes it makes it look like the other side is very very once is very very black and white it's well the whole yes, they yes.
3: exactly exactly
5: which I is not it's 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 totally
3: right. not it's it's very different. And uh, sadly, many people are are, are afraid to ask, afraid to talk about it. And uh, this is like this is why every time I talk to I meet someone new from who's Jewish university, and I become close friends to them, I always tell them that even if you have condescending, stupid questions, ask them, so we can get through the the, the you thinking that I'm I'm one dimensional.
5: I also it's, think it's hilarious that every time. There's, there's a common running joke, at least in my friend circle, that the, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict only gets interesting when there's war. You know, the Gaza, You know no one talks about anything. No one talks about anything. All of a sudden, there's the Gaza war. Everyone from Israeli Everybody has to an Palestine. opinion, yeah. Yeah, everyone from Al Jazeera <laughs> to Bela Hadid, everyone has an opinion on the conflict. Okay, so where are you in peacetime? Why does it only interest you during war? Because war gets clicks. War gets headlines. That it's interesting to talk about you know, actually sitting down to talk and try to figure out where we compromise, where's the solution, where we agree on. That's the hard part. That's the difficult part. That's the outside the comfort zone. That's everything that everyone doesn't want to do. But, you know, it's very easy to slam the other side and go, oh, they just want our destruction and they don't want us to exist. And if they could, they would, you know, they would send us all on ships and back to Europe. It's, it's very nuanced. And I think that, and I agree with you on everything, that the news is... A terrible framework for presenting the Israeli-Palestinian conflict because they have their hidden agenda, which is money. And now I will stop speaking because Max wants to take this somewhere else.
0: it's really good. Um, it's great to hear to hear all these things. Um, I just wanna to get everyone involved here. Um I'd love to understand a little bit about who, if you have any plans for the future, is interested in in doing something with their lives that's conflict related. Um I know that Marcel and I had a, a, a very interesting discussion um, about the Palestinian mental health crisis, uh, if you remember. And uh, Marcel, you told me that you wanted to go into psychology to help contribute towards a solution to that crisis. Um, so I'd love to hear just a little bit from everyone, you know, going forward in your future. Um, is there is there something in your future that you see that you want to, uh, to contribute towards? Um, Marcel doesn't have to start. Anyone can start.
5: That's insane, can... man. The, the the whole psychology thing. I, I just have to say it, sorry.
1: Um so so, so I, I guess I, I can start um <clears throat> I'm going to repeat that that's like good job, um Marcel. Uh I I'm currently in university. Um I'm studying philosophy. Now, the thing about philosophy is that the only practical use it has is teaching philosophy. Um, <laughs> at least the only obvious practical use. Uh, writing and teaching. Now, because of that, and that is, I guess, eventually my end goal, to go into academia,
4: uh, work at a university. And because of that, I I can't say with a, a complete... Um,
1: you know, I can't be completely honest if I go ahead and say like, oh yeah, I do. I, I know that there's something that I'm going to do that's going to be directly related to it because that's, that's you know, that's not the case. Uh, unfortunately, that's not where my life seems to be headed. But something that I do believe, a uh, part that really, really interests me in philosophy is uh, ethics, which is, you know, some big parts of it.
4: Um, and I think that there are a lot of... Uh, in many ways, the the the
1: uh, the conflict, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, is uh, the conclusions that people have are based on certain fallacies in how they consider what is ethical and what is not. Um, they they don't consider uh, certain biases they have. They don't consider the consequences of certain actions, things like that. Um, And so I guess my hope, and once again, I'm saying this, no, this is not directly related. And no, I do not believe that I will ever through this cause as big of a change as I I might, you know, as I should want to cause. But um, if all goes according to plan, and if I do end up working and writing um, in this field, I imagine that I'll be spending quite a bit of time working on ethics. And I imagine that because it is a subject that I care about and that I have certain opinions about that, you know, it's something that I enjoy talking about because I think it's a part that I'm interested in. Uh, I imagine that it is a subject that I will work on, I guess. Which, once again, not saying that that's going to be anything, if is going to come out of that, I guess that's the closest answer I have to to your
7: question,
0: yeah, that's that's really interesting. I'm glad to hear that, um, uh, Yanni. If you're you're uh, the younger, you're the baby of the of the group, but tell us a little bit about uh, you know in the past few years, what have your ideas on your future been?
2: Well, I'm more at the page of trying to understand myself yeah i'm still trying to figure out what i'm going to major in in high school yeah (laughs) so that's going to be interesting uh but i'm sure that i'm going to if i'm still living i'm probably going to still live in israel so the conflict isn't going anywhere um soon so and if I continue with um diplomacy, which is what I'm doing for the past two years, ah uh, so, yeah, we try and work um to figure it out, find uh, find a way, maybe if there is um... no, I don't really know that much. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, you're more than welcome. <laughs>
0: Uh, I remember when we when we spoke that you were very adamant about being a diplomat. So it's good to hear that you're still interested in diplomacy, uh, still doing yeah. that and, and all that. Um, Liran, participate
3: you... in more peace groups, participate and meet people your age, man. Palestinians your age, Arabs your age. Go to you know, America, go to Cyprus, <laughs> make jokes, I, laugh at your mentors, doing... everything.
2: So MUN is a big thing that I'm doing and I'm flying with to conferences with delegations with Arab students and actually Amir went with me Amir that was here he went with me to um Cyprus and Shy which you saw here as well is going with me to New York uh to the, so we're all kind of connected uh a big thing and Are you
3: in steven's group yeah big time <laughs> so my best memories with steven is uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here uh, quick uh, to kind of like the, the biggest and this is for max you for you maxwell as well the, the i think the most important lessons that i've that i've the most united we have been together palestinians and and, and israelis during those trips were the the times that we were actually teenagers and doing the fun of practi- doing practical jokes on our mentors and and running around and being in New York, the, these 15-year-olds with the, just running around and doing all of these different things. These are the most united we have ever been. Like, if the conflict did not exist, it 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 would have been the, the perfect utopia. So so do that, man. It's it's the perfect start. It's, it's the best. This going memory. hanging
2: around with everybody. It's just. They're my friends. I don't I don't look at them and I catalyze them as this is an Arab. This is a Jewish. No, they're all my friends. And that's one of the most important things, I think.
0: Um, and I have. He. It's good to hear you're all still uh, connected to Stephen. Stephen's how I found a lot of you. So he he changed my life as well. Um uh Liran, do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit about uh, your future?
5: I'm not stepping one single foot or one in this in this minefield, man. This is this Israeli we try attempting to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is such a such a brutal brutal world. I think that I won't I don't see myself going into you know politics or these massive fields and trying to change and trying to lead these like massive movements of changing the, the conflict. I do see myself attempting to, you know, do it for me and trying to change things for me and my friend group and my family at the end of, you know, I'm trying to, I'm starting to learn Arabic now as part of a, you know, as part of an attempt of like, okay, people, these people are, you know, are here. Like everyone, everyone here, everyone that lives here is, um, at the end of the day, are humans. They are people too, and I want to be able to communicate with everyone. And Arabic is the second language of Israel. I think it's a good, and I think I think it would do me as a person a lot of good if I learn if I learn it. I think it's a challenge linguistically, which I think uh, and I like, which I like learning languages and doing all these things. I think it's a good step for me in the right direction of um, being able to communicate with a much larger audience because at the end of the day, a lot of times the communication barrier is the language. You know, the joke is that everything gets lost in translation. And uh, I think if I'm able to communicate with people in Arabic and if I'm able to read news stories in Arabic, in how they were meant to be written, I might gain a much better perspective for myself and for the people surrounding me and the friend groups I am in. Um, that's uh, that's very, very different from what I have now. You know, it could be, it could lead me either way, I don't know. But I think the fact that I like learning languages, it's part of it is, it sounds like a very, very fun challenge to try and learn Arabic. Um, I'm specifically focused on Palestinian Arabic because that that seems to be like the nature of the that's the that's our region. man. So I think that's uh, that's my future for now, trying to learn it and then plans for working or, you know, jobs or whatever. I don't know. I I haven't decided yet, but I think that in terms with relation to the conflict, um, that's the best I will do. And that's trying to learn Arabic and trying to communicate with more people, you know, try to figure to try to make sense of this conflict for myself before I ever try to step and step foot in this weird mind field of a of a situation.
0: Um, Marcel, tell us a little bit about uh, your journey with psychology, a little bit, if you'd like. Uh, well,
3: yeah, the the plan is still uh, there. You know, when you talk to me, I was starting university. Now I'm finishing university, I'm finishing my bachelor's. I also, I, by the way, I also study cognitive philosophy, which is a, it, it's much smaller and much insignificant. Like it, it's you can only educate people about cognitive psychology, philosophy. You can't do anything more than that, which is very interesting with any philosophical topic. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm right now focusing on finishing my uh, BA in order to get accepted to my master's and uh, and hopefully become a clinical or uh, educational psychologist in order to kind of uh, expand the infrastructure. Uh, for mental illness in the Arabic society, there's a very lack of mental resources, uh, mental health resources in the Arabic society, Arabic community. Um, and right now, the, there's a lot of the, like, there's a, a college in, uh, the, in the South which teaches a, a, a cultural approach for clinical psychology in Israel, which involves uh mental health treatments and uh, men, uh, clinical approaches towards helping mental health in a cultural sense, which is related to the situation in Israel. Like how the Arab society functions in Israel and the Orthodox Jewish society exists in Israel and how you can approach them as a clinical psychologist. So it's a program that I really like and I would probably try to get into. As in to continue this uh, psychological endeavor. And
4: uh, yeah, basically that's it. That's the plan.
3: Very long
5: road. It sounds like such a terrible idea. No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> Those are all some really... Uh, it is, it is. <laughs> um, touching stories. Uh, an aspiring ethics professor, and an aspiring diplomat, and an aspiring psychologist, and an aspire- aspiring uh, Arabic student. Um,
5: that sound you you made me sound like the most uh, pathetic <laughs> human out of everyone here, aspiring psychologist, aspiring. Uh, no, 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 no. no. You, you know that
3: they say that if you start learning Arabic, you become an Arab. By the way, it's it's like you're saying that you're an Englishman. You know, like you learn English, now you're I'm, an Englishman.
5: I'm, 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 what have uh, I been I'm,
3: doing for three years?
5: Listen, I'm. I think I'm. Uh, I'm too white. <laughs>
3: right. Hey, I'm white as <laughs> well. It's it's totally fine. People think uh, that I'm Russian.
0: I don't want to. Welcome I don't wanna, to the club. <laughs> I don't want to take too much of uh, your time because I know we've been uh, going on for a little bit. Uh, is there any topic you guys would specifically like to talk about uh, for the next few minutes before we wrap up?
5: How the hell do you approach learning Arabic? No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I'd like to. Um, I'd like to learn arabic next year in university actually so we'll it's talk.
2: mandatory in my school for two oh. years i've been studying for two, it for two uh, years and I'm... you're telling me and you're telling me that it's a choice <laughs> listen it i've is. been studying hebrew for all, all of
3: my life and it's not the choice
2: <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, i'm it's learning so it, we learn english and we learn arabic that's how it works and some choose um to learn russian which is also a nice approach, but um, that is
5: the biggest mistake of their life. They will understand that in a few years when they understand that Russian is probably the most Russian language. is
2: hard is so hard. <laughs> Coming from that his family speaks Russian.
5: I think that we as Israelis speaking Hebrew, we have such a, such a cheat code, to try and learn to try and learn Arabic, because there are similarities, and I'm you know I'm starting to learn it, and um, I see words that I I can guess their meaning because they're similar and their pronunciation is similar. Yeah, but they are
3: both Semitic languages, of course. Right. I
5: and I think that not, you know, not taking advantage of this massive cheat code is such a such such a poor choice.
2: I remember yesterday. You know, I talked to my friend and she lives in the U S and she knows only English. And she tried to pronounce a name. I don't remember what name it was in Arabic. Now the name was written in English, but she couldn't pronounce it. And she asked me to pronounce it to see how it actually sounds. And I say it and it's, uh, I don't know why she tries to repeat it and doesn't work. And We have so we it's because we understand the basics of how the languages work together. The the similarities because each one was stolen from each other.
5: No, at the end it's what Marcel said. It's it's it's, they're both semitic languages. They both have similarities in pronunciations and letters, and it sounds that we grew up to hear and know. That for an American, you know, saying uh, a lot of the. A lot of the sounds are completely foreign. They have no idea how to even approach um, how to even approach pronouncing them. I, I, I don't know. I just think that Arabic to me is a little is quite fascinating, fascinating language. It's it's a little hard to study without some sort of language partner. But um, I think uh, I'll I'll try to manage it.
2: Just don't do the mistake of going to literature too fast.
5: I'm not path. touching i'm not touching grammar or literature
2: that's what you know, i'm gonna help you, you
3: wanna Learn Arabic. You wanna go to the market go go speak to people who are who use arabic functionally
2: go it's live in nuts. an arab country for like three months you will you don't have to even go to an arab country you live in the you where live are live you from <laughs> Batik, you live in israel no hey, you, I'm you from like uh, a random.
5: of it a... i currently live,
3: live in the Col-Gas center go... we're in the center Near near Ashdod. Ashdod, okay. Ashdod is uh, is below. You you have Lod and no Lod, right? Close. Yeah, what, what, what's the... not
5: quite. It's an hour. Listen, I can go okay, to Jerusalem. Which, which, I don't get, which, I have okay, there.
3: Jerusalem. Maybe not Jerusalem. Go to a different place. That's not in the, <laughs> the heart of the conflict. <laughs>
5: um, I don't know. Mershava. Uh, Bersheva? okay, here.
3: You, you come I'm, here.
5: I'm in, I'm in Beersheba right now.
3: Really? Are yes. you? I'm also in Beersheba. I live in Beersheba. Okay, well yeah. come come. send the send a message. I'll take you to the market. We speak Arabic. Uh,
5: we'll make a, that, be, day out that would be that would be the com that would be the comedic peak of whatever they heard. Me trying <laughs> to pronounce everything in Arabic. I
2: remember my friend. And so I personally tried the Arabic kids trying to teach me Arabic and to make me say ridiculous sentences that made no sense. It was like, he said repeat after this and then said something and started bursting into laughter. It was it was so weird. <laughs> it was like, I looked like a comedian trying to say something in a foreign language that doesn't understand a thing what I'm saying or I or I cursed I don't really know what they maybe say
5: that's that's I think that's the the Uh, last
0: is there anything else you guys want to cover before we before we wrap up I think um I think we we covered a lot of ground today um it was it was really nice to hear you talk about um Talk about
5: actually there is there might be one thing. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if I'm open I don't, I don't know if I'm opening a Pandora box here. Okay. So if I am, make sure to stop me and we can wrap this up. Okay. I think that the American view of the Israeli Palestinian conflict has a very, very, very has a lot to do with how the conflict is viewed from outside in. We are insiders, we live it. Mm-hmm. And I think our view is very different from how people in America see the conflict. I, think I, I, I always think that if you don't live it, if you don't live here, if you don't feel this conflict every single day, you have probably the least amount of authority talking about it because you do not know what it's like. And it's so funny to me to see celebrities that have absolutely zero to do with anything regarding the conflict make such preposterous statements. And I'm like, okay, then come. I
2: feel that's going into Kanye West. I yeah, like I, was really
0: wondering, no, I was wondering if we were oh. going to touch on Kanye. Um, eh, it's an, it's an interesting. Stupid. What can I say? It's, it's an interesting time. He's <laughs> it's an interesting time for uh for us uh Jewish uh previously Kanye fans um very conflicting time previously yeah. Kanye fans. <laughs> yeah all of us are previously Kanye fans previously Kanye
5: on Kanye fans friends.
0: um i would agree that um that that our view is 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 fundamentally different than yours and that's assuming that we have a view i don't think um i don't think a lot of people do and that's why i kind of started this project um I live in a very Jewish area, which is not common for America. I'd say there's probably I, I could count on one hand the amount of uh, areas of the U.S. that that are. As you live ju- in New York. As Jewish as mine, New York. Um, I'm in yeah. Chicago. Um, but um, th- there's there's very few areas that are as Jewish as mine. So you know, um, when I go off to university, it'll be interesting to see how how it changes to to not be surrounded by um, a majority of Jews all the time. Um, but I do think that uh, as far as um, an outsider's view goes, I, 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 I agree completely with, um, with what you were all saying earlier about um, selecting when to care. Um, I don't think when there's not a war, an active war going on, that people are paying much attention, including um, Jews. In fact, I, I think there's a lot of ignorance in the Jewish community uh, regarding the conflict when, when we don't have to talk about it. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting point you brought up. I
2: can say that, um, where I used to live, I used to live in the U.S. Um, when I was very little, uh, I used to live in, in Sharon, Massachusetts, which is, it's a very, very small town. Uh, and it's kind of, it has the Jewish, um popularity and popularity population and um and like an Arab minority and they don't like I never saw any fights about it by the way with the most boring town in the world (laughs) nothing happens there uh but they all just live in harmony and nothing ever happens but I remember last time, and like maybe I think it was Shomel Chomot, that um, suddenly they started to have to have um, a conflict um, inside the town about the Jewish and Arab and about Israel, where they all live in Sharon across the ocean and <laughs> like very rich houses, which. I don't think that they are supposed to care that much, and it's kind of weird that, yeah. And you said they care, all, you choose one to care, and that's exactly thing what happened.
5: Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's uh, they they shouldn't care. I think everyone should care. It, it's a conflict around the world. It's like I care, you know, about whatever, whatever, whatever's happening in in China and Taiwan or Russia and Ukraine, we all care the very basis of what happens with people around the world. I just think that I, whenever it isn't here, whenever it isn't my region, I hold much more neutral positions because I understand that I do not have the full context. I don't have the full picture of whatever they are going through, right? I don't, I hold moderate, I hold what's considered a moderate uh, stances on the conflict because I do not... I haven't been... I I, I haven't been to a Palestinian uh, a village in the West Bank or I haven't been to Gaza. So I do not know what it's like to be on the other side. I can only hear what's being said to me and what's uh, being broadcasted around the world. So I just... I think especially when you're not even able to you know fathom one side when you're all the way across the ocean and you could give all you could care less what happens here it's it's incredibly amusing to me that you all of a sudden hold these preposterous positions whenever whenever there is war
3: i think as also there's a there's it's, it's much more uh it's much more complicated than that because in America, for example, or in, or in any country in the West where you have a population of, uh, whether it's Palestinian immigrants who came uh, to America, for example, out of the circumstances, or Jewish people who have have, have uh, this love for Israel, but are in America and, and, and they still get affected in the conflict, I think, in, in, in the same sense, even much more so because they have no effect than us. At least we live the, these these things. Uh, maybe Maxwell can 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 say something about this. Uh, this is a question to you. How is your experience as a Jewish American affect the way you view the conflict? Is it do you feel like more intense because you don't see it, or, or what, what? exactly is your experience?
0: It's it's funny that you asked me because I feel like it's I feel like I've been asking you all uh, thirty of you. Um, I think it's difficult sometimes to be a Jewish American. Um, there's there's no limit to how pro-Israel you can be as a Jewish American. There is definitely a limit to um, how pro-Palestinian you can be. Um, and there are organizations that claim to be both, and they're not.
5: Just, uh, I'm sorry, just to clarify, there's no limit to be uh okay. Pro-Palestinian as a Jewish American, or just pro-Palestinian in general?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Sorry for the confusion. I guess I'm I'm trying to say as a Jewish American, um, there there's there's definitely you'll get some looks, um, if you if you sympathize too much. And uh, when I started this project, um, I I I brought it to my synagogue, and I showed them what I was doing. Um, some of you already had already interviewed with me by the time I was doing this, and they they and other Jewish organizations wouldn't really want to touch it too, uh, too controversial for them. Um, And in some way I understand, uh, but in another way it, it was difficult for me to see that um, Jewish Americans don't have too much of an interest in peace building. Um, There's, there's just, when I say ignorance, I don't mean like um, hatred ignorance. I literally mean like, ignoring, like there's so much ignoring of, of the conflict, not even like ignoring of the other side, of course, but ignoring that the conflict even exists. It's just not talked about um, until there's a war. And even then only some people. Um, so I think, I think that um, it's, it's sad, it's frustrating uh, as any Jewish person or any Arab person um, sh- should know, Uh, They don't have to have an opinion, but they should know a little bit about what's going on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 um, it's kind of been eye opening to do this project over the past few years. But it's also been um, there's been a lot of roadblocks. I mean, there's been a lot of um, I'm sure I would have had hundreds of of interviews if if um, if more more people had listened. But I think it's just hard to acknowledge that it exists um, and hard to confront your own views and to confront yourself as a Jewish American for, a lot, for a, lot of these, uh, a lot of these people. But that was a really good question to turn that on me. Thank you.
5: Yeah. As a catch, as a, to latch on to what Marcel said, mm-hmm. um, do you think as an American that, because there's this common, I think, uh, misconception or even common mistake that we do here, at least I do it a lot of times, to view America as the world, because America gets broadcasted everywhere and everything that happens in America sounds global, but in reality, it's only the United States and there are hundreds of other countries. Do you think as an American that the incredibly divisive concept that is American politics, do you think it has any effect on how people view um, the Israeli conflict? Where, Where am I heading with this? I think since you only have two parties in America, Either for a Democrat or Republican or whatever. And Democrats hold one part of the, you know, Democrats are typically pro-Palestinian, the Republicans are typically pro-Israeli, uh, even though there's, you know, there's obviously sometimes uh um exceptions. But do you think as an American that the very, very black and white, non nuanced uh you could say nature of American politics, if with you know you're either Republican or Democrat, influences how people view um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which is full of nuance.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, to answer the first part of your question, I do think that often Americans don't uh, acknowledge the rest of the world, and that's that's part of the problem. Um, there, there, there really isn't. To a lot of people I know, there really isn't isn't a a rest of the world. Uh, my best friend. Lives in Canada, and and that's such a foreign concept to some of my other friends. So even though Canada is so similar to the U.S. and is right here, um, I think that politics, to answer your second part of your question, does does guide views, and and the reason I'm saying that is is a lot of people don't have them um, because because it's only one, uh, only two ish percent of America is Jewish, um, and even less is uh, is Palestinian or or Arab at all, I think, maybe 1%, um, the, the vast majority of Americans don't aren't forced to have a view. And so I think politics, the, the, the political party you're in guides what view you're supposed to have. Um, and, and, it, and it is an interesting contradiction in American politics that you bring up because um, even though 87% of Jews are liberal, which is the, the Democratic Party, uh, at least in our political terminology, um, it has become increasingly true that Republicans have branded themselves as the pro-Israel party. Um, and I'm sure you know that I remember one of you, I don't remember who, one of you was telling me about Trump Square uh, in Israel. I don't remember where that, where that is, maybe. It, Trump uh, Heights. I think I told you about this. Okay, yeah. So, uh, or, or, or someone, in, someone from,
2: from Petr Tikva next to my house. I
0: <laughs> yeah. R- ridiculous. Um, so, so that was kind of a, a shock to a lot of us. I think how, how strongly Republicans have played into that. Um, you know, well, of course, at the same time, Republicans, many of them in, in current politics are wildly anti-Semitic. Um, so it, it, it's difficult because I think that uh, politics guides what you're supposed to think as an American. Um, but some of it is just so illogical and contradictory. So, um, so I hope that people educate themselves outside of politics.
5: But that's odd, though, isn't it? Because you say that, okay, half of the, you, you could say that there are many, we agree that there are many Republicans which are actually anti-Semitic in nature, even though the, the party brands itself as being right. widely pro-Israel. And there's also a lot of anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism on the Democratic side. Of course. As a Jewish American, what do you what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you pick? You're right, it's I like mean, you're it's, picking the best of the worst of both evils.
0: It's it's almost like you're picking. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it's, it's almost like you're picking either anti-Semitism or anti-Zionism, but not in Zionism in the sense of of all of the land. Uh, Zionism in the sense of Israel should exist, you know. Um, so it's just it's just so difficult. Um, I think that's why you know sometimes the conflict when people do think about it has to be separate um, from American politics. But then that people don't care about it even more because um, if it's not in the political agenda, then it's not really anywhere in the American conversation. So it is. I mean, it's completely contradictory. You're right.
5: Well, actually, I, a question. Sorry, you can go.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so at, at the risk of um, going a bit too far off topic, I'm going to uh, ask some another question to you that's related to what you just said. Um, so you, you said that there is this sort of dilemma that you think many Jewish Americans really, that you face, where you aren't
0: sure, you know, on one, you, you, where your options, quote, Is that correct? Both options. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say for me personally. I think. I think, as a, as a, Jewish American. There are. Frustrations for both sides, but I think me personally, um, I I, I don't think I ever really um, think conservatively, um, in that sense. But uh, yeah, go ahead with your question.
1: Okay, so as for Jewish Americans in general, there's frustration from both sides. Yeah, um, and, and the interesting thing about that is that, you know, sometimes it seems in any country, including Israel, in, uh, well, really any country in England, yeah, um, that there are, you know, two sides. There's left wing and right wing. In the United States specifically, though, the the current political um, landscapes that of there literally being two sides when you vote right voting for a third party isn't isn't going to um it's almost similar if i understand correctly it's similar to just not voting because of how the the government is currently set up so i guess my, my question for you is do you think that that frustration um, of that that frustration that Jewish uh, Americans face um, is almost, you know, maybe even only exists because of the fact that there are currently only two parties that you can vote for if you want your votes to count.
0: Yeah, that's actually that's a good point. Um... I think increasingly so it's, it's, it's frustrating to a lot of us interested in politics that we exist in this two-party system. Um, there, there really isn't any good options. Like I'm serious. I know that politics, I'm sure feels that way for a lot of you and for a lot of people across the world. But, um, when, when you really only have two options and there's gridlock and they're both attacking each other, um, it kind of feels like you've been put in an impossible position to pick one. Um, I I do think it would be interesting to uh, to imagine how America would function with more than two parties um, and how that would play into our our views and our positions on uh, on, on the Israeli Palestinian conflict and other conflicts. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, that the plurality of voices is something that uh, maybe a different political system could help, but you know. It is what it is for now, at least.
5: I have a question for Marcel. Um, how do you brand Zionism? Because I think this is actually a very—it's a contention. It's a contentious topic that we do not realize is contentious. Because I think how we, how I brand Zionism, may be very different from how you brand it. Like, what do I you know that that be? is? Uh, okay, I can
3: answer. What I understand consider- the question. Yeah. I understand that there's a there's a wide spectrum of Zionism and there's a there's liberal Zionism which uh, tolerates the idea of of uh, the existence of a Palestinian state. Uh, I can understand there's more extreme Zionism that wants the destruction of of anything, the, the, the existence of the state of Israel beyond even the borders of, of what current day Israel is. These are ideas that um, I can talk about, tolerate in a conversation, but I don't believe in any idea of Zionism. I don't think that uh, I'm talking as someone who is who is not not religious, so I don't see the the importance of of labeling a, a specific state for a specific people, and I I. I I do this also uh, while critiquing uh, Islamic states. That uh, that uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe that you you should follow uh, any state with with, uh, with a religious model or or say that a specific state is meant for one specific people. I'm not so talking you, so about I, it uh, as a Palestinian, just a so general I, concept.
5: From that, I, I I assume that you are. In favor of some sort of, you could say, one state for all solution.
3: Maybe a state for all people, at least in the state of Israel. I'm in favor of the. Um, if if you're gonna put, I don't have a problem with the, with the the Jewish. Uh, the state for the Jewish people. I just have a problem with it with labeling that ideal, above. A state for all people. Understand, like state—the uh, state of the Jewish people—is above the concept of, of of a state for everybody and democracy for everybody, mm-hmm. which, uh, like, it it cause, it just causes a lot of uh, problems politically speaking with a, something like the national law that has been passed a few uh, years ago.
5: Yeah. I thought
3: that's um, where you were going to go with this. I'm going to go, I'm also going to say the, the uh, aliyah, the law of aliyah. I think that that's also something that's, people say that there is no racial, Max uh, 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 Maxwell, what do you call, uh, I forgot the name of it, what do you call uh, a law that's uh, that that's, it, it segregates between racial groups, for example? What do you call this idea?
0: Discriminates. Um, yeah I mean we I, I think any Yenib, any's got it some sort of discriminatory statute you mean affirmative
5: action like that type of thing
3: I'm,
0: I'm not Where
5: sure but like... I, I just
0: say that
3: like a lot of people say that, that there's that, there, that arab, 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 arab citizens of Israel are equal to Jewish citizens. And I say that that's not true because there's laws like the national law and like the the, the whole constitution of Israel and Chokalia and all of these different things that uh, just, uh, I don't think that that helps the conversation. Because you're Uh, already uh, coming in the, the you're you already coming into this conversation saying that this state will exist, and all of the citizens who are not Jewish should know should know that this is the state of the Jews.
5: Yeah, uh, I think it's a uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's it's an interesting like point of view. I think the national law is a it's it's such a it's such a weird thing, right? Because of, it, from one end, it's the could say it's the guardian angel of a jewish state because at the end of the day you know it talks about israel being this jewish democratic state and that's the purpose of it um from another from another point of view and that's actually something i haven't thought of it thought of it thought of this way as you presented it is it does create a very weird dynamic where it's very difficult to be both jewish and democratic in my eyes you cannot you are either a country for all your citizens where everyone has equal rights. And I let's say I include the Gaza Strip in the West Bank, however, you can annex everything and then you can make give everyone full rights, but then you're not a Jewish state because you'll have a 50-50 uh, 50 to 48 majority at best. And um, so then you're democratic but you're not Jewish. But, yeah, but it's annexing. also
3: very there's also very very big problem with the definition of Jewish. You know, because like most People in Israel are are are, are, are um, not not religious. They're not uh, they're they're uh, what what's the word? Uh, secular, se- not se- secular. secular. Secular, Jews who want to live a uh, sec. You want the Jewish uh, Jewish identity as a as a, be a, a nationality and not a religious label at the same time you have uh, the importance of uh, having a jewish like many of the people who come to me and say well well you you have so many islamic countries why not give us this one jewish state you know so it's 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 uh, so i always say that like well y- you say that you're a secular jew why, why why is it important for you to i'm not going to get into this i don't want to get into this. It's an argument it's a, it's a big thing i am going to say uh, like a lot of arabs there's a very famous uh, saying in like the Arab Israeli Palestinian uh, bubble that uh, Israel is a Jewish democratic country but it's democratic for the Jewish uh, for the Jews and it's Jewish for the Arabs. That's how many many of the Arabs feel when they when they when they go into the try to go into the Knesset and try to do it to to influence the the spectrum of politics in Israel—they feel like they're handling this body that's not a part of them, and uh, for many reasons.
0: No, Etai, um, did you want to say something before we wrapped up?
1: Yes. Okay. So um, this is on the the idea of Zionism, the origin of secular Zionism. Um, I think one of the moments that you know about when learning about the history of Israel and the history of Palestine. And the history of this conflict and the history of all of it basically that in which that confused but then like interested me the most was when I read, um, the book. Uh, it's a book called Old Newland or Tel Aviv in uh in Hebrew, which is what the city Tel Aviv is named after. It's named after the book, uh, which is a book written by uh, Theodore Herzl. Who is the, uh, I won't say founder, because there was Moses Hess before him, but he was the person who popularized uh, secular Zionism. Something that I, I think really sort of, when I say confused, the reason I was so confused after reading it is because I realized the views that he saw as being the secular Zionist views seemed very, very, very different from what Zionism is defined as today. And what I mean by that is that in that book, it's a it's a novel, first of all. It's a novel in which he lays out sort of his uh, his ideal uh, situation. Um, what he lays out is not the the, uh, the, the the state of Israel. I don't even think they he uses the word Israel at the time. I'm not sure if the, the name was really decided on at the time. Um, he call, actually calls it Palestine, because that's what just the region was known at. Uh, it's not even a, a fully it's not, it's a Jewish democratic state. It's not even a state that's owned by the Ottoman Empire still, but that's it's this self-determining section of the Ottoman Empire, but I won't get into that. Um, the important part is that a very, very large emphasis of that book, and the book has many other issues, but I'm going to specifically refer to this part. A very, very large emphasis on it is that the area is um, you know, it's it's Zionist only in the sense that it is a place where any Jew can come and you know, live life because, you know, uh, under the idea of the Jewish homeland, but at the same time, literally anyone else can come and and live life as long as they're willing to, you know, obey the law and do stuff. And there are Descriptions of um, of uh, churches, mosques, and and uh, and synagogues literally beside each other. But you just have places where all three are beside each other. Descriptions of uh, of Jews inviting uh, Muslims to uh, Jewish holidays, and Muslims inviting Jews to uh, to Muslim holidays. And where people coexist in this, um, well, well, they just coexist. It, the the
3: that, that, that happened before 1948, my friend. It's it's, it's it, it was a reality that existed. And again, I I, I am not uh, saying that. Uh, listen, and when when the Ottoman Empire was here, a few hundred years ago, we also lived next to jews and christians and, and there was this utopia where y- you can practice your religion freely in the islamic country even though it was islamic you know i just don't think that they, any idea whether it's secular or not that this is for a specific uh, group of people is is a, is a something that's going to make people feel included and i think i, that's I, agree. Natural, I agree completely you
1: know? uh, i'm not saying that uh, when you look at israel So I I agree that looking at Israel as a Jewish state is not, I I don't believe it is the the right way to necessarily go about it. I don't think that you can be both, uh, you say that you are a Jewish asterisk or Jewish democratic state. Really, it's more saying you're a Jewish state. um, And then also there are many aspects of democracy in it, but it's missing quite a few others. Uh, What I'm trying to get at is that, uh, the, the, the book itself is worth reading to to see that the the views that we currently associate with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict aren't necessarily the views that, were, uh, that we should be looking at when we look at, you know, that people should care about. We shouldn't, and this, I think, supports what you guys have been saying, um, we shouldn't be trying to, you know, Find a solution that increases the, uh, the the distinction between somebody who is Jewish and somebody who is Palestinian and somebody who is you know any other any other ethnicity or religion or background or whatever. The the goal I, I think that the the goal and something that the book does very well is showing um, a a sort of ideal in which what people care about is the you know the, the discussion cooperation just you know peaceful disagreement in certain areas happy agreement in others uh and that's just why i wanted to talk about the book i found it to be really interesting and this is more to israelis who have i think a wrong understanding of Herzl, who's a really big figure in in jewish thought
0: um interesting interesting stuff um. I'll oh, I I need to uh read some more books. Like <laughs> we, that. We, we,
3: we're gonna we're gonna push more for the one hour and a half that we wanted to set. <laughs> um,
0: there's
3: a topic that we can sit. I can sit here for for, for five six hours talking I about
0: more. I could too. I could too. Um, but I do want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um. Well. It was uh, it was really nice to uh, to see you all again and to reconnect. Um, does anyone have anything they want to say before we finish up? Listen you to people who don't you. agree with you. I guess
1: is the is is the one thing.
0: Yeah. Live,
3: laugh, love. <laughs> laugh, love. Don't be don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Talk to Palestinians. Talk to talk to Jewish people. Talk about what you hate, what you don't hate, and be tolerant. Don't be and uh, yeah, we don't like Kanye. That's the last thing that I wanted to say. No, I Kanye.
5: We don't want. Lo-
3: we don't like Kanye? I No, but I think I think uh, Maxwell has the most complex emotions about this topic, being from <laughs> Chicago, right?
0: So it's a very. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a rough time for us <laughs> Jewish ex-Kanye fans. Death <laughs> <of> the art <laughs> is artist think... Separate the work from the art.
5: Yeah. I believe Marcel hit home with saying, Don't be stupid, I think that's the primary as the as the primary lesson I think everyone I, I wish everyone would learn. Don't throw rocks at people. Don't go, don't go running attempting to run over people. Don't beat people up. Just be human. It's okay to talk. It's okay to disagree. I'm sure that after this conversation, we all still disagree on many things. I'm sure that even after we've talked and even after this, we've all we probably we all probably have not changed many stances or many views on the conflict. However, we are able to talk and we're able to try and approach this this conflict and these these concepts with uh, tolerance and with, uh, you know, with with an understanding that another side exists. And that you have to be tolerant towards it and that don't be stupid. Just listen.
0: Yeah.
4: Listen to it's others. Well it's
0: well said. Okay. Um, it was really nice to see you all again. Uh we will we will reconnect soon. Uh thank you for uh joining me and um I hope uh I hope you all have a nice day and uh until we meet again.
4: Thank you. Shalom shalom. shalom.